Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Yankees just fired their hitting coach, so the question of how the season is going in the Bronx seems pretty obvious. The Yanks needed this all-star break badly. Also, the Chicago Cubs got one of the best picks in the first round, and the best quarterback not named Patrick Mahomes may surprise you. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The New York Yankees are in fourth place in the AL East, but are seven games over 500 as we enter the all-star break. Out is hitting coach Dylan Lawson in former Television analyst, Sean Casey, of course, Sean Casey, a pretty good baseball player and a pretty good hitter in his own right when he was playing. Stacey Gazzulius from Locked On Yankees joins me now. And Stacey, we talked a couple weeks ago about this Yankees team. You pointed to the injuries, of course, Aaron Judge, chief among them. But when you start making coaching hires and fires, it starts to feel like it's more than just what's going on in the roster. So what is going on with the Yankees? Well, they needed a scapegoat because they can't mm. come out and say that we constructed a horrible roster. <laughs> so Dylan Lawson. That'd be bad PR, yes. Yes, so Dylan Lawson got the boot. And, you know, it's amazing that this is the first time that they've fired a coach midway through a season since 1995. And when you think about the yeah. fact that George was still in charge back then, so things changed. You know, if you grew up in the 80s like I did, you remember people being fired every five seconds under that regime. And for there to be such a big gap between this happening, kind of impressive, but also he's a scapegoat. It's plain as day. So the the thing about All-Star Weekend for the Yankees is they get to be very excited because Garrett Cole is starting the All-Star game. They have made maybe the preeminent hitter in baseball on their roster, theoretically, so it seems like, okay, there is the top-end star talent that we have come to expect from the Yankees. So what are they not getting from the middle and bottom of the roster that they need to be getting? It feels like everyone is trying to go up and hit, you know, six-run home runs. They're not trying to string together hits. The hitting philosophy of the team is uh, hitting strikes and hitting them hard. But it feels like they're just trying to kill the ball all the time. They're not having good at bats a lot of these times or a lot of the time. And they tend to not hit well in the beginning of the game, get into a team's bullpen and hit better. But sometimes they're too far behind to make a comeback. So that doesn't help either. It's just the hitting philosophy is really, really, what did I say? Philosophy is really bad. And some of these guys who normally can hit for average aren't like Rizzo, you know, he was doing really well before his injury and then he fell off. And that was also a big blow. It wasn't just Judge. It was the fact that Rizzo went down and he hasn't been back since his first hot two months. And that really hurt the team a lot. So you, we mentioned the hitting and you mentioned the scapegoating. But when you look at their rotation, Garrett Cole, who's having an awesome season, is the only regular starter for the Yankees in their rotation with an ERA below four. So why is, why is pitching not taking some of the heat here? It should in some respects uh but the whole thing for the yankees is they want them to hit and they just don't um and they have such a strong bullpen seems, seems bad yeah and they have such a strong bullpen that the bullpen kind of covers up the starters flaws and you know the bullpen kind of fell off a little bit toward the end in the last week before the all-star break 
And I joked on my show, but it's true. They're tired because Cole is really the only starter right now who can give them seven innings and not all the time, but every once in a while, he'll make it into the eighth inning, seventh inning, where these other guys are barely making it into the fifth and sixth. And, you know, the bullpen's tired, but I feel like the second half is going to be better for them. They have Rodone back. He back. They have him. Shouldn't even say back because he just made his first start all season. And I feel like if he comes back, Nestor's on his way back, Judge, they're not as far gone as, you know, you mentioned fourth place, but they're still within striking distance of a playoff position. And as long as they're within striking uh, distance of that third wild card, you know, they should be fine. And, you know, the Yankees aren't selling at the uh, deadline either. They're going to they're going to try and go for this. <laughs> is there is there a player that you would have your eye on if you're the Yankees? Hey, let's let's see what we can do and, and take a swing here. No pun intended. Well, it's funny because it wouldn't even, well, all right, I have two. One would be a hitter, Cody Bellinger, and the other would be a pitcher, um, either Jack Flaherty or Lucas Giolito. Cody's a left-handed bat. They need that badly. And pitching, I feel like they need another good starter. Clark Schmidt, bless his heart. You know, they, it's July, the, almost the middle of July. No one expected him to still be in the rotation. And he's one of those guys who can barely make it past five innings and they're killing the bullpen. They need they need another legit starter because this is not doing it. Because I know people are going to say, well, you have Luis Severino. Have you seen how Luis Severino's pitched lately? They need another starter. Stay up to date all year on the New York Yankees by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Yankees on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Chicago Cubs had one of the best picks in the first round of the MLB draft. Before we tell you why, Northwestern, has put its foot down. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet back in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 bucks you can spend betting everything from the money line to the point totals to who you think is going to hit the first home run. When it comes to the first player homering in tonight's All-Star game, the favorite is... As you may expect it, Shohei Otani. Vandal has Otani's odds at plus 950 to launch that first dinger. Marcus Simeon, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Mookie Betts are all right behind him at 10 to 1. Keep an eye on Freddie Freeman, though, 13 to 1 to hit that first jack. You can also combine multiple prop bets in a single game for a bigger payout with Vandal's same game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Northwestern moved quickly with their investigation into head coach Pat Fitzgerald's involvement in the hazing allegations on the Wildcats football team. Northwestern fired Fitzgerald on Monday. University President Michael Schill wrote an open letter to the school community that said, the head coach is ultimately responsible for the culture of his team. The hazing we investigated was widespread and clearly not a secret within the program. The culture in Northwestern football, while incredible in some ways, was broken in others. Defensive coordinator David Braun is expected to be named the Wildcats acting coach. And shout out to the student journalists that helped break this story open. Northwestern student newspaper detailed some of the allegations that caused the Northwestern president to go back and reconsider to investigate further. And that 
was ultimately what led to this moment. Holding the powerful to account, that is what journalists do. Kudos to these students who aren't even professionals yet for understanding the assignment. Portland Trailblazers general manager Joe Cronin said Monday that a Damian Lillard trade could take, quote, months to complete in order to satisfy the objective of leaving the franchise in the best position possible if he ultimately trades away one of the best players to ever wear the team's uniform. In any deal, the goal is to come out with the best outcome. So for us, I mean, that can be many different things. We could weigh the, you know, it could be more of a win now player, and that would be intriguing to us. It could be a young player in picks, and that would be intriguing. It could be just picks, and we would look at that as well. For us, it's what can we, how can we maximize this return? And I don't think we have any set parameters. It's we would evaluate each deal case by case and choose the best one. Like, it's just hard. How do you replace Damian Lillard, you know? who is the person in the marketplaces that is available that is a better player than Dame. And no team better, no team more than us knows what this market looks like. We've been trying for 18 months to find the Dame equivalent at another position or, you know, someone that's 80% of Dame even. So that's the challenge and that's where we've got to keep working it. The potential legal battle between Bob Huggins and West Virginia continues to build on Monday. Huggins released a statement saying he never submitted a resignation notice to the school and should therefore still be employed as the men's basketball head coach. A June 17th announcement released by the school and attributed to Huggins indicated he was stepping down following his arrest the night before on a charge of driving under the influence. However, in his statement on Monday, Huggins said that June 17th announcement was not written by him. Huggins wrote, this false statement was sent under my name, but no signature is included. I am employed by West Virginia University pursuant to an employment agreement. I never submitted the notice required under the employment agreement to voluntarily resign. Seems like there's a long way to go in that one. On a night that Julio Rodriguez put on a record-setting show in front of a hometown crowd, it was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who won the night, ousting Rodriguez and beating Randy Arrazarena in the finals to capture the home run derby. With 25 jacks in the final round, Guerrero's lead looked in jeopardy when Arrazarena hit 21 homers before his final 30 seconds of bonus time. Arrazarena managed just two just two in extra time, prompting a Guerrero celebration. Now two generations of Vladimir Guerreros have won the Home Run Derby. Here is another story you need to know. The first round of the Major League Baseball drafts can be a crapshoot. Many players picked don't even make it to the Major Leagues, despite the hype that can surround them. That's why you have to look for value in talent. And as host Lindsey Crosby and Jeff Ellis point out, that is what the Chicago Cubs did. With the 13th pick in the MLB draft, the Chicago Cubs take Matt Shaw out of Maryland. So uh, they kind of nailed out there as far as a top talent. Does everything well for the most part. Uh, I think the, the hit tool is average to above average. I think the power is a average to above average. I really like uh, the the approach. It feels like he's, it's a very mature approach. He, can, he has impact in his bat. And you can probably see a double-digit home run double-digit stolen base kind of profile here out of Matt Shaw, but just it feels like it's a good choice for them as far as what they need, what they do well, and somebody who should move through their system relatively quickly. 
Yeah, like I said, I, I'm a huge fan. He went in at the Cape and did everything great. He's the opposite of Troy, where the bat pip isn't as good. So the concern might be hit tool um, if something doesn't quite come together. But he's he's my guy in this draft. Like if you have you know your guy, this is the guy where starting at the Cape, I just really liked him. He runs really well. Like he has big power this year. You know, Brandon Lau was my comp uh, at times. I, I think he That's can good play one. second. He can play third. And I say I think he's going to hit 37 home runs in a season. But like I, I think there is a lot of skills here. And part of the problem for a guy like him is, is the Big Ten really isn't a Power Five conference in baseball. Like let's yeah. let's talk about you know there's essentially a Power Three in baseball. So anything he did this season got a little discounted. But the the Kate performance, you know, he doesn't strike out much. Uh, he like I said, he's a plus runner. I I think to now this is my favorite pick. These last two picks have been far and away my favorite. Yeah, and I will say. He got significantly better after coming out of the Cape. And the big thing that he struggled with, it was he struggled with secondaries before he went to the Cape. Fastball uh, as both a freshman and a, and a sophomore. And he got much better after that. It's something he walked about 14% of the time, struck out around 13% of the time. So uh, walks more than he strikes out, has all fields power. I like that a lot. Get all your Major League Baseball drafts coverage by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On MLB Prospects on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, why the best quarterback not named Mahomes will surprise you. Or maybe you won't. It's Patrick Mahomes at number one. That much is clear. When Locked On NFL scouting hosts Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs set out to do their rankings, number two seemed to be almost as clear as who number one is. Number two, we have Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, two healthy seasons, one Super Bowl, two AFC Championship appearances as a team. Um, special player, right? There's a calmness about him. There's an accuracy. Um, obviously, he's got great receivers, and he does a great job of taking advantage of them and throwing really accurate footballs for them to go make a play on. Just really good decision-making, processing speed. I mean, he's he's really special. and. Um, his story is awesome. And I mean, what this guy's done since that last year at LSU until now, I mean, he's playing quarterback as good as anyone out there. Yeah. It's about a, what, 69% completion percentage. And he's thrown for like 9,000 yards the last two seasons. I mean, it's, you've dealt with injuries in that stretch. You've dealt with bad offensive line play in mm -hmm. that stretch. I mean, if you talk about the offensive line, that Cincinnati offensive line the year they went to the Super Bowl. They obviously spend and invested big time there. And I, I just think he's the cerebral part of Joe's game is I think his, his greatest superpower. And I think that would be a fun separate conversation mm. to talk about the superpowers of all these quarterbacks. But if you ask me Joe and, and what makes Joe such a special player, I think it's uh, you, you talked about Mahomes being so instinctual, but I, I think there's a pre-snap component to Joe that is going to set him up for a lot of success and consistently be in, in the position to make the right play. Well, and I, I think the, the greatest evidence of that is how different Joe Burrow is than the other quarterbacks that are in the top five. Right. Or, I mean, really, I mean, bunch of physical, <laughs> bunch of physical freaks. And then Joe, who's a above average athlete with above average arm strength, but really special accuracy and instincts to get that done. Look, it's hard to argue Joe Burrow belongs at number two, but I can't help but think how this conversation might be different if 13 seconds go differently. 13 seconds that 
Josh Allen had no hand in screwing up. They had gone into Kansas City and won until they didn't. Until the defense blew a gobsmacking final 13 seconds. What if the Bills win that game and they go on to beat the Bengals? Who knows what could have happened from there? But Josh Allen would have had the same sort of clutch bona fide moment, at least, that Joe Burrow gets so many plaudits for. And let's be honest, the skill talent around Joe Burrow is significantly better than Josh Allen. Josh Allen creates so much because he can create with his legs, and he has Stephon Diggs, of course. But this past season, when the offense was not the sort of juggernaut it had been the year prior, you lose Brian Dayball. You have injuries. You don't add significant skill talent. Dawson Knox doesn't take that next step. They don't have a T. Higgins. And Stephon Diggs, for as good as he is, is not as physically imposing as someone like Jamar Chase. They don't have a third guy in that pecking order the way that Tyler Boyd can twist and turn from the slot and create all sorts of matchup problems for the defense. Yeah, Joe Burrow is the engine in Cincinnati. But Josh Allen is the whole offense. He's the running game. He's the passing game. He's everything. And it seems to me if he had gone into Kansas City and beat Patrick Mahomes once, which is, at least in the playoffs, all Joe Burrow can say, I just wonder how this conversation would be different. And finally, the LA Angels are currently out of the playoffs. If the Major League Baseball season were to end today, That would be the ninth year in a row in all six seasons of Otani's career that he could not get into the playoffs. The 29-year-old Otani was asked Monday whether reaching the playoffs had become a higher priority as he sorts out his future. He responded by saying, those feelings get stronger year by year. It sucks to lose. So what is more likely to happen? The Angels end a playoff drought or the Angels trade Shohei Otani? I'm pretty sure I know what they'd like their answer to be. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, speaking of trading Shohei Otani, which team would be the most likely landing spot in a trade? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.